2: put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
3: you know this this has been in the chat a couple of times and i and i and i feel like we should talk about it stephen brown mentioned this a while ago says mm. this, this is at youtube.com slash espn 1320 by the way if you're watching on youtube hit the thumbs up hit the subscribe buttons as well this is we need to have a serious talk about Davion. Do we? I kind of. Well, I, I, I don't know if we do. I, I kind of. I had high expectations for Davion, and that's my fault. Expectations are no one's fault but the person setting them, mm-hmm. and I had expectations for Davion with De'Aaron out mm-hmm. and everyone you know who. Will be quick to hang their hat on what Davion did last year. Well, when he was given an opportunity, when he was given the keys, oh, he was he was solid. All right, you're giving the keys to a better car mm. this year round, and I <laughs> told James on 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 Friday. James disagreed, but I I, t- I told James Friday. Set the number. Get, give me seventeen. You give me seventeen from Davion. Kings won this game. Davion's not scoring 17 points against the Indiana Pacers and they're losing. He had three. He that's a lot of points with De'Aaron Fox out. The shots are there. It's available for you. We knew at the time you were the starting point guard. The show ended at tip-off. We knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was really, I was really, really disappointed how he came out Friday. And I'm not gonna, you know. I'm not going to put yesterday's game on any one particular player, even though I've called out Kevin Herter like five times. It's only because it really stood out how bad he was defensively, but it's not like everyone else was a juggernaut on the defensive end and it was only Kevin Herter. The team was bad. Harrison was bad defensively. Harrison took like three shots. That might be wrong. That doesn't even seem like it could possibly be right. Three shots? Three shots. Harrison Barnes took three shots. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of blame to go around, but going back to Friday – I was disappointed with how Davion came out in that game.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I wasn't. I definitely was disappointed in, in, in how he performed uh, on Friday and on um, Sunday as well, yesterday as well. Um, Davion is, you know, I look at him as who he is, man. Like, he's a backup point he? guard. He's a backup point guard. He's an a offensive guy that – so we'll look at his – what I perceived as his, his negatives, right? He's not a great finisher around the basket. He doesn't shoot the ball from night. three yeah. very well. Um, and he's just a streaky shooter in general. So because of that, you're not going to – it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough from time to time, whether you're getting a lot of minutes or you're, you're the backup point guard. That's who he is. But he is – one of, if not the best on-ball defender in the league. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what you're getting from him. There's been as as much as so um, as much I, as people I, have been on him for Friday and Sunday. There's another three to five games that you won this year because of Davion Mitchell. We've come in here and we've said it. Like Davion's defense set the tone in that fourth quarter. We wouldn't have won without him playing defense the way he was. Charlotte, he was cooking. At Charlotte, they won that game with De'Aaron Fox because of Davion Mitchell. Like he's he's had those type of moments throughout the season. I think the expectations were a little too high for for Davion Mitchell. Not just you, it was just, uh, just everybody. Like you got to score more than three points. Like I, that's not high. Like to say, hey, score more than three points. Like no, 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 no. You've got to be better than that. Like what he, the way he played on Friday wasn't good enough. way he played yesterday wasn't good enough. But I also and it was think...
3: amplified by the fact De'Aaron was out. Right, that's that's right. part of what amplifies that performance right. so bad. If he had done it on a regular night with De'Aaron and and everyone at their full availability, that's one thing. Yeah. But in a moment where I think Kings fans were like, "Hey, it's okay, De'Aaron's out. Personal, no problem." Davion, we we've, we've seen it. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And to just fall as flat as it did. I think that's tough. where people are...
4: It's tough to see, but also...
3: Including me, are are stuck at.
4: Also, like, and, and you didn't say this. I saw this on Crazy King's Twitter. It was crazy. Um, I was emotional. The The fact that, you know, people are ready to move on from Davion Mitchell. I think that's a little too much. Um, I also look at... I think it was our guy Rory. Rory's really good at what he does. I, I disagree. He's like, you know, this is um, shown that this is... Uh, backup point guard is the King's biggest knee. Uh, I I wouldn't, I I really wouldn't go that far. Like is Davion great? No. Is he, you know, the sole reason why you might slip out of the third spot because you need to upgrade it up? No, not at all. He's like I said, I laid out a couple of different games where he's the reason why they won three to five games. You know, we, we come in here and we sing his praises uh, the next day. So, you know, it's just – it's the reason why he's not a starter because he is inconsistent. He hasn't found a way to be consistent on the offensive end um, in this league. I, and I, I let you say something. But you look at somebody – when you talk about an upgraded point at the backup point guard position, you look at somebody like Bones Highland. And I love Bones Highland. He's available. You might be able to get him. I, You know, you've heard me say on numerous occasions how much – I love to watch him play basketball, mm-hmm. and I love his game. I think he would be a, uh, not a star in the sense of like an all star. You know, he would uh, be the best player on the team. But just for like how he would, how we talk about Malik Monk and how the Kings fans love him, and when he gets going, it gets everybody riled up. Bones Highland might be that on steroids mm. here in town. Se- we would love to have him here, and the way he would feel, he would be great with this Kings team but he's only an offensive player. And if you're willing to just add more offense, which I'm not necessarily against, because I've said that's your superpower. If you can keep adding on that, I you can, we can have a conversation, but realize you're going to lose your best defender. That, Davion Mitchell is your best defender. You move on from him um, as a backup point guard, you're losing your best defender on a team that's terrible on the defensive end.
3: So, and, and that's what I was going to ask you a, a moment ago, when you when you when you mentioned Davion's defense, um, what does that mean, though? Like, if 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 Davion is the team's best defender, and I don't think any, I don't think there's a Kings fan on the planet that disagrees with that. But if Davion is the team's best defender, and you don't get a lot from him on the offensive end right now, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, you don't get a lot from him on the offensive end, and. The team is we're, – we're, we're still this regularly frustrated with the team defensively, including when he's out there. What does it mean to be the team's best defender? Is that a position that's – you know, we talk about him being a lockdown defender. We talk about him being a catalyst for the Kings winning games. I don't deny at all that that has happened this year. But is is that only in impactful in close games? Can, can he not set the tone from tip-off? Can he not set the tone – when he's in the starting lineup, can he not set the tone? If other players are playing poorly, like can he not step in and maybe again unrealistic expectations or, or, or perhaps just an unfair request? They follow De'Aaron.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: They, they, they can't follow Davion. Mm. Maybe not at the beginning. Maybe in a close game where every possession is like you're in the, you're in the you're in the waning minutes. You're not looking at. Forty-eight minutes of lockdown defense ahead. You're looking at five.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, maybe, maybe, maybe De'Aaron can get guys to follow him when his clips of him guarding five guys on the floor on one possession are circulating around social media. Maybe that does get those guys right up. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, it didn't. And that game yesterday fell apart quick, but not because shots weren't falling, because guys were getting to the basket like because there was no resistance mm-hmm. from anyone. So I don't know exactly what being the best defender on the team means.
4: It to me it means there are going to be moments in 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 crunch time, in the fourth quarter, that that's that's going to propel you mm-hmm. to a victory. I think that the games that I'm thinking about off the top of my head is the Cleveland game at home. Davion Mitchell comes in yeah. on Donovan Mitchell, and mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell was cooking, was absolutely cooking. And I don't want to say like shut him down, but at the very least, Darren was a big part of Darren that. Darren too. was too, yep. absolutely. At the very least, Davion was was out there setting the tone for that. Right. The other one that I thought about, and I talk about Bones Highland. I think it was that second Denver game, where they were down, they had to come back, mm-hmm. and we talked about you know his defense on on Highland and the way he set the tone on the defensive end, and you know he won the game with his offensive defense at Charlotte, things of that nature. So being the best defensive player on a bad defensive team is going to get you a couple of those moments that we talk about where we say, Hey, you know, th- they're not a great team, but there's moments where they can be great on the defensive end and shut some things down. And he's the catalyst for that more times than not. I think De'Aaron Aaron does a good job of it too, you know, in late in games, but a lot of the times he's the catalyst for the good defense. They didn't win this game. But didn't he play, and it's tough to say because the guy made the shots, but weren't we talking about how great a defense he was playing against Devin Booker, that game in Sacramento? Phoenix, yeah. You know, and he was uh, doing everything he could in that moment. You take that guy, well, you don't have that guy mm -hmm. no more. You don't have that guy that can change the game against Donovan, Bones Island, or Devin Booker. You're putting even more onus on De'Aaron Fox to do it, which, you know, for the last two years, I've been asking him not to have that responsibility. Right. So –
3: I, I you know when 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 Steven said uh we we need to have a difficult conversation about Davion Mitchell like I agree. I have zero interest in losing Davion Mitchell on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh unless you're talking about one of those home run deals that we're probably not even discussing or even thinking about uh at this moment, but I just want more from him because I know there's more to his game than than just being a really spectacular defensive player in in, in crunch time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know there's more to it. And I, in his, he was again, expectations are no one's fault, but the person who sets them, I, he, he's probably the player who has, he's not at all where I expected this season. Mm. Like I expected him to be such an integral part of what they were doing. And sometimes he is and sometimes he isn't. And I don't know if, if, if it's, The consistency of who he's playing with, Mm -hmm. the consistency of his minutes, uh, the consistency of his role—I don't know what it is, uh, but I feel like he's—he just hasn't delivered in that aspect from where I expected him to be. But that's on me.
4: uh, David Myers in the chat—he asked, "KC, would you um, trade Davion Mitchell for Bones Island today?" Man. that's tough because I, I love Highland, a player like I, like I just mentioned, laid out. I could see him being here in Sacramento, and it'd be magical, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, I'm also realistic that you're 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 getting a, a purely offensive player on a team that needs defense, and you got one guy really that could um, that could kind of take the load off of things on the perimeter defensive end late in games, and that's Davion Mitchell. And if you move on from him. Maybe, hopefully there's another move to be made. That That's when you would need Theibel. That's when you like, oh, all right, go get Theibel mm-hmm. and, and hope that he could come in and do some stuff. Or, you know, th- this is the misconception about the things that I was talking about last week with Matisse Thibel. It's not that I don't like him as a player. It's not that I don't want him here at all. Like, if you get him here and he's teamed up with Davion Mitchell um, in that second unit or sometimes in crunch time, man, that would be phenomenal. That Matisse Theibel... He'd be perfectly fine here in Sacramento. My whole argument was I'm not willing to give up a whole lot to get him. You know, if you can not give up a whole lot and get him, that'd be great. That'd be great. But if you moved on from Davion Mitchell, you'd almost have like you'd put yourself in a position where you gotta go get a guy like Thibault.
3: Uh let's grab Sam here. We got Lindsey Harding coming up. We got our conversation with Lindsey Harding coming up in just a couple of minutes, but we want to talk to Sam first. 916 909 1320. What's up, Sam?
5: Hey, good to talk to you guys. Hey, listen, I got about three quick points. Number one, I think last night was probably the Kings' worst passing performance that I've seen since they moved to Kansas City, and I'm an original season ticket holder, and that was horrendous. Mm. Uh, the, second, the second thing was is that I think they're, by moving the All-Star game to where a greater portion of your season is over – and leaving it at around 38, 39, 40, 41 games, that's what the players are bitching about. Because you guys are saying, oh, they're tired, you know, they just mm-hmm. want to break. Well, that may be what they're bitching about. And then the last point is, is is that what position and what time of the game, I think, dictates who the lockdown players has to be. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as you guys were just alluding to it. It doesn't always have to be Mitchell. But somewhere along the game, Harrison Barnes may be that time for him to be a lockdown player for five or six minutes. I don't know what position and when the lockdown portion really comes. But with that, guys, hey, go Kings like the beam. Yes,
3: Let's go. sir. Let's yes, go. sir. Hey, and and that's it. That's, that's a that's a great point, Sam. That was something we were talking about last week. Um, if if we've seen that the team can play a higher level of defense mm-hmm. uh, normally in crunch time, okay, don't wait like. And and to their credit, they didn't. They did that against Minnesota. Um, uh, they did that against San Antonio. Like we we saw those exact moments that we were asking for. We saw. Um, it's not like Indiana Indiana didn't put up 130 on them. Uh, it, it it wasn't a shootout like that. Was just a slugfest. And then last night it 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 was just a mess. Um Kings
4: didn't get their 113 though.
3: We had the opportunity to talk to Lindsey Harding this morning. You you, you do not want to miss this conversation. You'll hear from the Kings assistant coach when we return here next on Sacramento Sports leaders Steelo and KC on ESPN 1320.
5: Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
6: up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
1: D'Lo and casey continues streaming live on the odyssey app
3: Live on the Odyssey app, live on twitch.tv slash ESPN1320, youtube.com slash ESPN1320 as well. James Ham's going to join us uh, the final hour of this show. A lot more to talk about, too. We, we, we obviously spent a lot of time talking about the Sacramento Kings. Haven't really dove into the Kyrie Irving stuff yet and what that I means got- for the Sacramento Kings and what that means for this this upcoming set of games I this weekend. I a few questions about that. So does LeBron. LeBron is not taking this well at all. Like, apparently LeBron missed Chris Haynes' report that Joe was not moving him uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, we'll dive into all of that stuff. Uh, Obviously, it's a game day, the Sacramento Kings and the uh, Houston Rockets tonight, and we had the opportunity uh, to talk to Lindsey Harding, uh, Sacramento Kings' assistant coach, uh, before today's show. And... This was a, a fantastic conversation. We're, we're we're very very confident you're going to enjoy. Here's our conversation with uh, King's assistant coach Lindsey Harding. How how are games like like last night? How do you like as a player versus as a coach? Which which is harder to deal with a game like last night as a player or a game last like last night as a coach?
0: I'd say more as a as a coach because as a player you you're you're in it right. You can actually be on the floor to make that like physical impact um, and, and that and that's what I obviously like I love to do especially being a point guard you're you're out there and you're trying to control as much as you can being a coach it's it's a little harder because you're you know you're trying to explain and try to get your point across and you're just hoping it kind of happens but uh, either way like it, I guess emotionally it's harder as, as uh, a player, but like physically, it's like harder as a coach because you can't do it.
4: Yeah. Now, now the aftermath of something like that, I always, I think about like, um, you know, how I was when I was a player, right? I only played college, right? So we play in 28, 30 games or something like that. We lose by, you know, one, it don't really matter if it's a blowout or it's a close game, but we lose a game in, in a frustrating fashion and I'm I'm just, you know, a mess for the next 24 to 48 hours. You know, I'm so frustrated. I'm bringing that into the next game or whatever. We hear so many times in the pros that, you know, okay, well, you know, you, you lost that one. doesn't matter if it's one or 30. You lost and you move on to the next game because there's so many games. Is that kind of how it goes in the pros? Or are there games like whether it's a, a close loss or a blowout loss, that stick with you and go on to the next game? Or are you guys able to just kind of move on and move to the next game?
0: It's it's not that the feeling changes, it's just your approach that changes. So when you're in college, you don't have another game for probably another week. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it sits. And then when you go to practice, a lot of coaches make it sit and you're mm-hmm. like sitting in it and sitting in it. Like, like you talked about last night, it wasn't our, our best performance, but we have a game today. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those it's – a, it's a hard balance, but you got to have that feeling. It's like sit there because you don't want to feel it again. Yeah. But you have to be able to, like, really move on. Um, we, we talk about next play speed even in the game. It's like a, it's like another version of you don't agree with a call. Are you going to sit there and, like, yell at the ref while the other team's going to do a layup? Or are you going to go and get that stop? And maybe you can have a moment later dead ball to complain about it or talk to a ref about it. So it's just a different feeling. But I understand there was a difference for me when I went from college to pro to where, you know, we had lost like four games in a row professionally. And at Duke, I, I had lost four games in in, in two years. <laughs> I was wanting to kick over trash cans. And I <laughs> well, you got another game tomorrow. So, um, yeah, the the feeling is there. Yeah. It's just the approach is a little different.
3: Yeah, you ain't kicking over a lot of trash cans when you go to Duke, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Uh, what did film look like? A- after a game last night, what's film look like for you guys?
0: Um, it's, you know, after a game like that, it's hard. You know, you've played sports, so some games you just want to kind of, like, throw away. <laughs> some games you're just like, but um, no, it's, it's, it's not easy. You have to watch and you have to see certain things that we could improve on be better at um and sometimes you you could just be off it's an 82 game season and to think and expect that you're going to be on every single game um, uh, and locked in every single game is it's it's really hard to to do um but we preach perfection, even though we know that that's impossible. So we try to hold the standard and show things. We do have an understanding that it, you know, some things just kind of happen, but um, we don't want to make it a trend and we don't want to s- start slipping and slipping. So um, no, a little bit of a longer film, film session, um, you know, conversations, uh, you know, talking about a lot of things, but um, you know, we're just ready to jump back to that next game. That's the best thing is there's always another game.
4: It's a long season, jobs not done, as people like to say, but how are you enjoying this season, man? Have you been able to like take, you know, a second and be like, this has been pretty fun, especially considering uh, the rough season that you had last year with the squad, so much uncertainty during the season and the off season or whatever. And now you're back here and, and, and I don't know if you guys can really get a sense, but the city is on fire for the Sacramento Kings. How's the season been for you guys? or for you personally?
0: Well, I mean, I could say it's much more fun when you win, like, you know, plane rides, locker room, everything is so much more fun and lighter when you win. Um, so like that, that's a lot of fun. It's its a lot of fun seeing guys, you know, continue to compete and, and want to win and want to, to come in and change the culture. Like, yeah, coaches come in and done a great job of, of that. But you know, a lot of credit goes to the players in the locker room, most of it, because they all bought in and they wanted to change something here. And um, that's really special. As far as me and, like, sitting enjoying the night of the game, yeah, you can sit and enjoy it, but I got another scout coming out. <laughs> I have another game. We have to keep pre- preparing games in advance um, to, to keep our guys ready. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it's better when you win. But you 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 don't get comfortable in it. You just, you got to keep focusing because after All-Star, it gets harder. And playoffs, it's an entirely new season. So we're just taking it one game at a time.
3: Lindsay, you talk about preparing, and you know that uh, Terrence Davis is our guy. And yes. he's a guy who has been ready at every turn. Like, he's had kind of a weird season where he's had, like, super high highs on national televisions, and then he's had some DMPs. But it's been pretty clear especially over the last couple of games he's always ready to play and being at the arena so often to watch you guys work out he your routine doesn't vary based on what happened the day before like how do you guys approach every day not really knowing if he's going to get any minutes that night
0: yeah first I can say uh being in a position like that at times it is not easy It is not easy when your entire life you've been the one that they've kind of counted on and and any mistake you make, they play through it. It is not easy to be in his position. So for him to, to want to be ready, to stay ready, to push through it, says a lot about him. It makes it very easy to work with him and to coach him. But that's the thing. It's consistency. When coach looks to put you in the game, you want to be someone that's reliable, you want to be someone that I just – there's no surprises. I know what he's going to do. You want him to be solid, and only thing they could do is either be solid or give you more. Like, that is the goal. You want to be solid or you want to really boost this team up. We're not going down on anything. So we do everything. We're, we do as much as we can to try to be consistent. You come ready to go. You pay attention during the game. What's going on? Like, what's going on? How can you make an impact? What do you need to do? And he's been doing a good job of kind of focusing on that, being a good teammate and and being ready. And when he's had, you know, opportunities to come in, he's done a great job. And he knows that, you know, sometimes it comes around more than others. And when you get that opportunity, uh, you know, you got to make the most of it and you have to be the most consistent you can be. And again, I have to say this, it is not easy mentally. It is not easy physically as a player to say, Here's some few minutes, do something out of it. And no, in three minutes, and this this man will get like two assists, three rebounds, and six points, that is that is huge in, in, in this that amount of time. So, um, no, I'm, I'm very proud of him and uh, just proud that he's just been ready.
4: Yeah. No, I love TD, man. That's my guy for sure. Uh, it, it, just seeing him when he's ready to go and getting out there, whether he's played – Three minutes in the last four games, or he played 27 minutes the night before. Always ready to go, man. I, I, I admire that approach. And and like you said, it, it has to be something that's tough to deal with. Um, not necessarily knowing if you're gonna play, or you know how much you're gonna play, or whatever the case may be, and, and continuing to stay ready.
0: It's professional. It's a, you know, you don't sign a contract saying I have to play this amount of time, or you have to play me this. It's it's here you go sign your money, you sign your thing, you go. And to be able to do that, you have to be, like, the ultimate professional to do that. And he, he's been doing it.
3: Do you have a dream job?
0: Do I have a dream job? I probably have several dream jobs. But right now, yeah, I, I want to see how far this goes in the NBA to be a head coach. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, people, it, it's never happened, as we all know. And are people ready for it? Like, Come on, we live in the world that we still have first of everything. We live in a world that people of color are still the minority in certain things. So there, there have to be a first in anything, even for me to get to where I am. So uh, why not? I'm learning just like everyone is now, just like everyone has before me. I has the, I have the resume as far as a player to understand that part. I have great relationships and uh, I'm learning from some of the, some of the best coaches in the world um so it's it's I always say it's not you know really what I want to do on this it's what people who have the decisions how ready are they how Mm -hmm. open are are they for for you know giving different opportunities
1: and
4: and how how close do you think we are to something like that because I I can remember you know you got you know Becky Hammond she's she's obviously like the most famous person on pop staff and that was a big deal but now you know I look at yourself and and I look at uh Teresa Witherspoon in in New Orleans and what she was able to do and I know me personally I look at it's just it's just coach Harding it's not oh the former the women's coach on the men. I just that's that's coach Lindsay Harding she's good at what she does coach Spoon she's good at what she does are we close to maybe the ownership and the decision makers looking at it the same way as like, that's just a good coach. It's not a women's coach in a men's league or nothing like that. Just a good coach.
0: I think for some teams it is. And I think for other teams, it's really foreign. I mean, our organization has had, I'm not the first woman. I'm the third, I believe, that has been through this organization. So having a woman who's, able to coach and great it's been normal here um there's still a lot of teams that have never had um, a female coach and i and i hate saying a female coach but like they've never they they've never and some don't understand if there's a different dynamic they don't they just don't understand so i think the more you are just open and exposed and want a little more diversity on your staff, then you'll have a different mindset of things. But I think a lot of people are like, why not? But it's just like everything, I feel like timing is everything and I don't know what it looks like, right? I don't know what that timing looks like because we haven't had it. You talked about Becky and how there was like a little momentum because there was a lot of like pub around it, but you talk about like these owners, like, you know, do all these owners know who I am? Probably not. Have they heard of me? Maybe. You know, and so it's it's how do you get on that radar? How do you get that? And so for me, it's just getting more and more experience, being very good at your job. And I tell you, word of mouth is is more than any news article, any other publication or TV, you know, Woj can say whatever he wants. And it's amazing. But like people create relationships in this business. And when you have someone that has a great relationship with you and a decision maker it can bring two beautiful things together so for me it's just doing my job being who i am and like i said just word of mouth and and trying to have a great reputation throughout this this journey
3: well i think you got all of those things i hope we're we, we take you know steps closer there are still teams like there's a team that surprises me when i think about it all the time they've never had a woman on their
0: side but you say it i'm not gonna say it but you say it
3: golden state yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Golden State, like everyone, t- and I—I I mean, I respect you know Steve Kerr and the organization, like the whole mm-hmm. thing, but they're really lacking in this. And you know, part of it—it's it, it, word of mouth, this knowing people and all of that stuff. But a lot of it too, Lindsay, is opportunity. Like, if women aren't given these opportunities in the league, they don't get the opportunities to establish those relationships. Like, like i i will speak. Like Brad really believed in Kara. Mm -hmm. that's why she had that opportunity in Boston. Like Brad really, really believed in her, but that's, that's exactly what Lindsay was talking about. Like that's relationship stuff right there.
0: Well, it is, it is. And I, you know, I don't fault anybody. Like what I mean, fault, like you don't, you can't hire who you don't know and understand don't hire me because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. And I I Mm -hmm. can expect the fact that teams have not hired women just because they're women. So Mm -hmm. Some of these teams are on on that, I, and I respect that because we're not here just to fill fill a space and, and and check a box. If you know someone, have a relationship with someone, they can do the job. You respect them. They happen to be a woman, like that's the way you go. So I always say, how can you hire someone you don't know? I don't know how that works. Like part of it is even me trying to meet as many people a- a- as possible as I can. Um, but a lot of women who want to do this need to come to spaces where decision makers are whether it's a summer league whether it's an nba all-star whether it's certain certain games and 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 trying to just meet people you'd be surprised at just sending people messages having your agent connect with them you know a lot of these men take your they take your phone calls they 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 take it and now it's such a push for i don't want to say just women just like diversity it's a push for it and I believe we have done a great job at it they're not afraid of it it's it's just putting yourself out there but what I'm looking for is real responsibility which I am getting under coach Brown which I've got in the past I don't want to be just hired for anything so it's not just hiring a woman that you kind of know don't know you're given major responsibility to someone man or woman that you may not know that is why the relationships are so important because, you know, Coach Brown will look at you with everything and say like, what do you think on this? Because this was your scout and you better come with the proof to, to give it to him. So um, these are major jobs and these are very difficult jobs to get for anybody, man, woman, any race. These are very difficult jobs to get. So um, yeah, I kind of went on a tangent there, but uh, the relationships are, are huge.
4: Hey, Lindsay, I want to ask you something while I got you here. When, when Becky Hammond, was um, considered for the job. She was the name that was put out a lot of times for NBA jobs. And then she ended up going to the Las Vegas Aces. I looked at it as I I would love for Becky, you, teaspoon, anybody to be the head coach of an NBA team. I, I, I think that would be phenomenal, well-deserved, and things of that nature. But also, I love the WNBA. I really enjoy that league. And I looked at it as a situation as – Becky going to the WNBA helps that league elevate. You know, when you get established coaches and and people as good as Becky Hammond, as good as yourself, who are able to go to the WNBA, that helps bolster the profile of that league as well. Do do you kind of see it this the same way? Where say you did get a job in the WNBA, and that, that just helps. Not that it needs to be solidified. I'm looking for the right word, but it just it just adds to the star prestige. Power. Yeah, it adds to the star power and the prestige. Of a, of a league that, that's on the uptick right now?
0: It's professional basketball league. It's the best players in the world. I thought that that was an amazing opportunity for her. And, you know, let's be real, it's not as long as the NBA season. <laughs> so you have a, have a lot more of, of, I would say a little bit more of a life. And, you know, let's just be, they they took care of her. She was able to hire who she wanted to hire. And you know what, she won. She did good amazing job i think um it's definitely a, a destination and i i would like to see more former players get opportunities to grow through the through the w um i through my personal journey i have never been called by a WNBA team to be an assistant to be any coach but i've had my phone ring off the hook from NBA teams Mm. and I just and I'm just being real on what it is so for me I think that is outstanding for her to go showing that Um, I know Teresa Weatherspoon has been very open and even more vocal about the WNBA Mm. and you know I can't speak on her but I think we have similar experiences in that so yeah I would love to see more women in the w i would love to see more ownership in the w to come come back for us right
5: mm-hmm.
0: and i'd love to see the same opportunities in the nba because in the end it is it is basketball it's it's, it's all basketball
3: yo you know i've been president of your fan club since like 2006 so we'll keep singing your president. praises yeah we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll 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 keep singing your praises uh as long as we can um but you got a game today. Uh, go take care of business uh, tonight against Houston. And just know we appreciate you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much.
3: Take care. Uh, hope, All right. Hope, Thanks, Lindsey. Hope Lindsay. you guys enjoyed that. That was yeah. our conversation this morning uh, with Lindsey Harding. And, 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 man, let's run some air horns. Ah. First. Joining us on a game day, yeah, man. Uh, joining us on a game day, she was fresh out of uh, film uh, with the squad there oh, that film. Uh, in Houston, <laughs> and 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 I knew that she was <laughs> I knew that she was headed into another meeting at the top of the hour when our show officially started. So mm-hmm. uh, she really, you know, kind of carved out some time with us. Even dealt with some technical difficulties to start. And man, when she got comfortable, she started dropping some bars. That's real
4: talk. Yeah, now nah, Lindsay. She's one of the 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 top basketball minds that I've come across, you know, while following this team here in Sacramento. And um, mm-hmm. I, she's got it. She, she ain't going to be here too much longer. Yeah. She's not, and, I, and I say that not as a uh, she would make a lateral move. She's going to be the head of a, a division one program mm-hmm. of a WNBA team, hopefully an NBA team. She's. She's on her way up.
3: I mean, and, and and like she's got movement that she can make just within, you know, the the, the NBA ranks too. Mm-hmm. In terms of you know, the, the second assistant, lead assistant, mm-hmm. uh, those types of things. It's such a it, it's it's such a a ladder to climb yeah. when you're when you're when you're in that coaching world. But you know, thankfully she's she's just at the beginning of hers, yeah. and yeah, there's so much more that she could do in the NBA. But you're right, there's there's so much that she could do. Uh, in, you know, college basketball, women's college basketball, the WNBA. uh, She's smart enough to and skilled enough uh, to do whatever. Yeah, I Uh, love that. And that Duke education behind her ain't going to hurt either. Not going to hurt. Not going to hurt (laughs) at all.
4: (laughs) I love that there's so many um, options for for a lot of the women players um, to to be able to hit all three levels. Like they can go back to college they can go to the WNBA. They can be in the NBA you know what I mean? And they would, they would, in all three levels, they would serve um, such a a great purpose on the level. If they do it in the NBA, I mean, that's, that's, um, you know, setting the trend and, and, you know, breaking barriers and something like that. And and to see that would be awesome. Like I mentioned in the interview, though, they went to the WNBA. I mean, that's bolstering the profile of a league that's I don't know what the numbers say and ratings. I, I feel, like it's going, going I feel yeah, like it's going up. I feel like it's it's trending up, and yeah. somebody like Becky Hammond, somebody like Lindsey Harding, Teresa Witherspoon, that can only help that league, you know. And that would be great. And then if they go to college, like they could be Don Staley or Carol Lawson. Like the, those two are just two of the women that are you know one of the newer generations of of college coaches who are killing it right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there's one thing that I love about watching Terrence and, and and coach Lindsay Harding before games is how in tune Terrence is. Not just because, because everybody can see the on the floor stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody could watch the warm up and the routine and the shots and the drills and all of that. But then they go sit down with the computer, the iPad, and they go over film together and they go over assignments and they go over the team they're about to play and they go over plays and they go over all of those different things. And you see how tuned in TD is to her. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you 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 see that with 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 players across the team. I, th- I think I think Mike Brown has established an incredible coaching staff here, mm-hmm. uh, and she is really just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah,
4: I I thought it was a cool moment. What day was? I think it was Wednesday. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But um, the the Kings pregame show they they ran a spot of asking a couple of the guys who their favorite women players. WNBA mm-hmm. player was to watch. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, a cool segment because, you know, I think a lot of people forget. Especially, Terrence
3: people, said uh teammate, yeah, Angel McCarter, yeah,
4: and that was like out of nowhere, right, to see that. But um I think people, you know, who are critical of women's basketball in the WNBA, they you'd be critical if you want the, the Hoopers watch the Hoopers oh, yeah. the Hoopers watch the women's game, man, because it's some good basketball that's what I always try to get across to people who you know aren't sold on it yet man watch it like it's not only was it already good but I I feel like the league and in the talent pool on every level just keeps getting better year after year man it's it's some great basketball
3: it is and most people who don't like it haven't watched it that's that's kind of what it boils down to some people may have watched it I, I I think most people who make the like generic comments about women's basketball just aren't watching it um Angel McCautry is a badass. Oh, she was, sure. she was, she was a, she was wild, yeah. uh, but she was a <laughs> bad, bad ball player. Um, shout out to Mark Jones. I actually liked what Mark Jones had to say on on that particular broadcast as well. We'll step out. We'll come back. Uh, there are some things happening with the Kyrie Irving trade happening ish. Well, it's not done, yeah. and there could be some more to it. Uh, we'll dive into that. When D Lo and Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320.
1: D Lo and Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app.
4: Hey Damien, can I ask you a question? I think I sometimes I ask these questions and you know it's a little, it's not facetious, but I don't expect you to answer. I expect an answer this time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think you'll 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 give me an answer. Do you remember where you were at twenty years ago today?
3: Twenty years ago, we're in twenty twenty three. So this is two thousand three, and specifically on what is this February sixth, February sixth, two thousand three, February sixth, two thousand three. I know you know where you were at February sixth, two thousand and three
4: why do i know that i know you were probably knew at
3: ksfm at? somewhere because i don't 20 I don't,
4: years ago today get rich or die trying was
3: released so i don't know where i was when it was officially released because i saw it early in las vegas mm. he was hosted, it, it was
4: buzzing though it was buzzing oh when it yeah came, like, yeah he the day the it biggest, came out out here inside i know
3: yeah he it was, was buzzing he was the he was the biggest 50 was the biggest star on the I don't maybe on the planet at that time. Um yeah, that was a big that was a big deal. He was smart too. Like he like I, I think back and watching the way that he moves now makes me think back to that stuff we did in radio and how savvy he was hosting mm. that junket for mm. radio personalities to come and 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 talk to the, you know, the then it was the G Unit crew and to talk mm. to him and to watch the movie in advance and uh yeah, he was he's he's, has, he's been a smart business dude from jump. Has
4: there been a more anticipated release since then?
3: Oh man.
4: I think of the big ones. I think
3: of Kanye's. Kendrick Ken, oh, Kendrick no, not probably probably I mean
4: I, I don't know. I think I don't think
3: oh there was a lot of buzz for Kendrick. Yeah, there was There, a lot there
4: was a, of yeah, there was. There was. There was. I don't know if it was like fifty though.
3: I it, probably not. Fifty yeah, was probably not. Um, Jesse, what, get, get rich you, or die trying can you was think of the
4: Biggest release in your that you just off the top of your head.
3: Probably like Damien said, whatever Kendrick has dropped because you got to wait years for that.
4: Mm. Yeah, he's up there. Beyonce messed everything up. Drake's, Kanye was up Drake's, there. Uh, not so far gone. I forgot the name of his first album, but that was pretty anticipated. Yeah, I mean, Beyonce I was going to say Beyonce messed everything up though with the surprise Friday
3: release. The shock drops.
4: The the self-titled album Beyonce out of nowhere. Now everybody thinks they can do that. No, you need to let us know when you're coming out.
3: Yeah, didn't didn't win uh album of the year that year either. Mm. So Who knew? Imagine putting out your greatest piece of work and you are the most decorated artist in the history of this Grammy Academy mm-hmm. and you've never won their biggest award.
4: Mm. I really wish um, maybe this is a corners of the culture conversation, Whenever it comes back. I really wish Beyonce and Jay-Z would show up to the BET awards the way they show up to the Grammys, especially with situations like that mm-hmm. where like, I feel like to a certain, well, I can't say that cause they've won the they've both They both Won, or she's won the most ever so i don't i don't want to make it that way but i think kinda... the
3: numbers are i think it's 32 for her and 24 for him mm. maybe not 24 maybe it's 22 but, but when it comes
4: to it. winning like the equivalent of the mvp award feels nope. like they kind of use you Mm-hmm. feels like
3: they kind of use you. i looked at the list of album of the year award winners it is an interesting list it is a really, really interesting list to see because, like, I, I got, I got, I, I there was an article in Variety today about they, they talked to one of the guys who voted for Album of the Year part of part of the the the, the Grammy Academy. Mm-hmm. It, it's not called the Academy; I can't remember what it's called, but part of that group, right? And he said he voted for ABBA. Okay. And the reason he voted for uh, ABBA is because he was, oh, Harry's a, a, a boy band member. So I kind of hold that against him. And, oh, Beyonce. Every time Beyonce st- drops something, it's, it's like an event. It's so pretentious. And it's like, okay, so what you just acknowledged with those two examples, what you just acknowledged is you're not exactly judging the art. No. So what the all. hell are we doing and why are we doing it? This individual is in his seventy. He's in his seventies. Why? Why are, why, why you, are still you still? On why it? are you still? Is this like a? Is it? Is it like a? Uh, is is it like a judicial seat where you you you're on the Supreme Court until you die? Like why do you still have a vote? Why are you at seventy years old still determining who wins the highest honors in music? Mm. And you voted for ABBA? Please. <laughs> Title of the show. <laughs> Get out of my face with that, <laughs> Abba. Nah, nah, stop nah, that. Nah, 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 but yeah. you look at the list of those: award- three black women have won Album of the Year. They all did it in the '90s. One of them was Lauryn Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was Natalie Cole, who dropped like a. Uh, it was essentially like a duet album with her dad, mm. uh, and the other one, I'm forgetting. Who was it? It was, was I just it tweeted it last night. It? No, it was Lauren Hill, uh, Natalie Cole. It was in the '90s. Who am I? It's who? Not Janet. Wasn't Janet? Not Whitney. I literally just tweeted this was last it Whitney? night. It was Whitney. It was the Bodyguard. That's exactly what it was. It was Whitney Houston for the Bodyguard. It's 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 an it's an interesting list.
4: <laughs> That's uh, no, I'm not gonna do it.
3: Taylor Swift has won it three times. Album of the year, three times. Twelve total Grammys. Mm. Three album of the years. That's a crazy. Beyonce, thirty two Grammys. Never won their most prestigious that's a, award. That's a crazy. Never story. closed the show.
4: I just, I like I said, I just <laughs> never
3: closed the show. I, I really. Her I, husband did last night though. Yeah. <laughs> All re- eight minutes. I wish. Uh, yeah,
4: I, I wish they would they would go to the BET awards the way they go to the Grammys. That's my dream.
3: I got you. <laughs> be, I don't know, Beyonce sitting next to Mackay Pfeiffer and <laughs> Morris Chestnut. <laughs> it'd French look, Montana. It look a little bit different than Adele and Viola Davis. And, wait a minute! Here comes Joelle Santana. Like, Joelle Santana and and Beyonce together. A <laughs>
4: Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to Nelly here at the B T
3: Awards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to Short who got a nod You did. For the, that
4: was awesome to see. Uh, I, was, I was
3: I was like, hey! I was having,
4: my mom okay. actually thought that like early in the little performance. She's like, they need to have Two Short up there. And sure enough, they got him up there, man. That was
3: good to see. Yeah, p- <laughs> We've renamed our uh Actor of the Year award, the Shamar Moore Award. <laughs> kind of like the dr dre award last night but it's the shamar moore award (laughs) shout out to dr dre that's that's dope that's pretty dope yeah that's there's probably some flaws in having an award named after (laughs) him but there's that
4: you know the one thing the one thing i will say real quick as we talk about our music and culture right here is you look at dr dre this is what i always think about man this is what i always think about you look at dr dre and you think about where he was at 22, 23 years old. He was part of the most feared rap group, most feared group on on the in the country within NWA. Mm-hmm. Things they would talk about, things they were, you know, talking about their experiences and everything. I mean, they were terrifying to a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? And he, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. He was able to Grow up,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and now look at them. And yeah. so many times with these young rappers, whether it's because of jail or you know being killed, yeah. they don't get an opportunity to grow up. You know what I mean, and and yeah. be better versions of themselves when they get out. And that's what I kept thinking about as I saw Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Think about Dr. Dre mm-hmm. when he came out, and now look at what he's been able to do with his life, and he's getting a, a lifetime achievement award, a, a award named after him by the Grammys. He was he was able to grow up, and so many times uh, people in uh, in, in hip hop they aren't able to grow up.
3: Apologies for laughing. When Jordan Meeks tweeted the Clifton Powell Award <laughs> for Excellence, I lost it. I couldn't. I couldn't take it.
4: Shout out to my boy Clifton Powell, man, that's my guy. He's train his son. Hey,
3: Clifton Powell, Lil Cliff, man, that's, that's Lil Cliff
4: is dating one of the Obamas.
3: Clifton Powell, his son. Oh no, little Cliff! Oh, Lil- <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute, there, they, We need to alert the authorities because yeah, that's no, not no. okay. Yeah,
4: it's, it's okay. Dating one of the Obamas. This, this my guy, little Cliff. man. All right. Lil Cliff pal. Oh, real quick, real no. This is really quick. Jesse knows this. I talked about it the other day. You might have known it too if if you if you saw it. Do you know who's living in Salt Lake City right now? Did you hear this? No. <laughs> There's a there's a rapper living in Salt Lake City right now.
3: Oh, why does this sound like something I know but I don't I don't know who.
4: NBA Youngboy is living in Salt Lake City. He's on house arrest, but he's living in Salt Lake City in a mansion in the mountains. And he says he loves it.
3: I don't know what the funniest part of that. I don't know what the funniest part of that is. There's a lot, there's there's a lot there. He
4: said he loves it up there too. He says it's like the best thing that ever happened to him. crazy good friend you want to talk about terrifying rappers oh my gosh
3: well enjoy salt lake city buddy (laughs) um kyrie irving is about to be traded to the dallas mavericks there's some reports coming in that the trade isn't done yet Uh, dallas is pushing to get it done they want uh kyrie available for them uh not for friday's game which would be tremendous, Mm. Uh, but they actually play on Wednesday, uh, and they want to make sure that Kyrie uh, is ready for that. Brooklyn is trying to work in a third team here. With Mark Stein reporting, Brooklyn has had their eyes on Fred Van Fleet, so they're trying to work Mm. in some sort of way to send Spencer Dinwiddie to uh, Toronto and and, Mm. and try to make this a a, a three-team trade rather than finalizing it at the deal that uh blew up twitter this weekend sending Kyrie Irving to right. Dallas and Spencer Dinwiddie and hmm. um, Finney Smith headed to and and I think it was a first multiple round pick picks, yeah. yeah
4: multiple uh, picks um headed to Brooklyn the the big thing about this though is the deals getting done before they complete it the nets are just trying to figure out hey can we make another side deal or get something else going on. But from everything that I've seen, if they can't, then they'll just go with the two-team deal. Like, it's not, well, we don't know if we can complete this deal Mm -hmm. um, because we don't have a third team. It's, hey, let's see if we can get get a third team involved. If not, then we'll just do it ourselves. It's cool. But that's what's going on. But that would be – that would be crazy if it didn't happen.
3: (laughs) Yo, that would be – that would be (laughs) (laughs) – That would be crazy. Kyrie walking into practice on Thursday like (laughs) – yeah, that'd be a little that'd be a little different. Um so we'll yeah, obviously we'll 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 keep an eye. We still have a few days before the trade deadline, but I don't think Dallas is interested in waiting until the trade deadline. I, obviously this opens up the door for multiple things falling mm-hmm. apart, uh where Kyrie could still be traded. We've read uh Joe specifically avoided the Los Angeles Lakers who did offer their two draft picks Mm. uh, and Russell Westbrook, their two first round picks that are available and Russell Westbrook in exchange for Kyrie Irving. That's not what Brooklyn wanted. Brooklyn wanted, I think it was Austin Reeves and Max Christie, I believe Mm -hmm. in addition to those two picks. And then there was the one that really got my attention. And this was from Chris Haynes that Phoenix offered Chris Paul, Mm. which like I, okay. Like it, it, it makes sense. Like I, I get why you do that, but that's public now, and I couldn't help but wonder when I read our good friend Chris Haynes' tweet, how exactly that's going to sit with Chris Paul.
4: Hmm. Well, I mean, it. Well, you're, you're right. If Chris Paul is paying attention, shouldn't. It should he shouldn't be surprised necessarily, um, and he should just continue to go on and try and do what he can to win a championship this year. This is what it is.
3: Well, I read business. on Devin Booker's back tomorrow, so I guess that's uh, that's that's the end of the Sacramento Kings, at least from what I was <laughs> reading this morning from random Twitter person. <laughs> Because they were obviously lighting the world on fire when Devin Booker was hell. Was yeah,
4: hell. yeah, the, the Suns are. Yeah, then they just get. Oh yeah, it was Atlanta beat the hell out of them the other
3: day? There was no. Uh, there, there's absolutely no issue here where you try to trade your the, the the player who turns your entire organization around, and you'd really like to get rid of the guy you just signed to a hundred million dollar extension in the off season. So
4: here's and and I don't think you're necessarily wrong when you say these mm-hmm. things. I get what you're saying. But what do you think Chris Wall is going to do? Nothing.
3: I just don't think – maybe look at the organization sideways. I don't think he's going to do anything. I don't think he's going to quit. Mm-hmm. I just – maybe his motivation is different now.
4: Man, one thing that does come from something like that is maybe
3: instead of scoring 6 points in a game he's only going to score 2. Well, you know. That was uncalled for Chris Paul. My Chris apologies to Chris Paul. He is all,
4: all all shots and slander today will be reserved for Buddy Hill. Facts. It's, so uh, who, who, all
3: all sh- shots and slander always always should be reserved always. for Buddy. Hill. Hey, remember I used to be like, "Hey man, I don't
4: think Buddy Buddy deserves to get booed when he comes back."
3: Now, I remember hey, that. That was who wild.
4: For the rest of his career.
3: one of your wildest takes.
4: For the rest of his career. I'm with it? Rattle him <laughs> like, like no other. boo him for life here in this city. The disrespect. But back to the point. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be that. It could be a situation where, you know, if I got a bone bruise, mm. maybe I don't rush to come back. So sore quick. ankle. Yeah, sore ankle. ankle soreness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could come back in two games, but. Let me just make sure.
3: Make it two weeks.
4: Yeah, yeah, could be that. But then at the at the end of the day, though, um, he's still kind of only hurting himself, though, because he's trying to win a championship for it. That's the only thing left on what he needs to do. He just, um, I don't want to call, I want to say robbed him, but he just, <laughs> he just got the bag that he got from Phoenix. You know, was he's making some?
3: He's making good money. Yeah, yeah.
4: So it's not it's not like he's you know on a bad deal. Yeah you know he's got the money the next thing for him is to win
3: (laughs) he ain't starving he
4: not starving whatsoever
2: Um, your thoughts on the Kyrie deal though (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too